Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for uh, February 22nd, 2020. Um, This is episode 38. I'm sitting in my favorite chair by the window. It is uh, sunny outside and 36 degrees. Um, There's no one in the apartment right now because Julian Oliver went to Chicago on Thursday and they're actually on their way back right now. Their flight just um, took off from O'Hare and I'm tracking it as I do. Um, So they'll be home in a couple of hours, actually. So, but means I can actually uh, record this, and um, there's no danger of Oliver running out of his room or waking up or anything like that because he's not here. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's been one week since the last one. Um, been a, a mildly eventful week. Last Saturday, um, my friend Kevin Carney was in town from LA. So uh, we met up for uh, drinks at Commonwealth in the South Slope, and um, our friends Peter was there, Adam Bauer, um, and then Russell met us, and we went to the Owl Farm after. This was all in the late afternoon. Then I, they went to dinner, and I went home to eat dinner at home. Um, but it was great to see Kevin, and um, he comes like. He moved to L.A., which is sad for us, but he does visit every two to three months, so it's um, not as bad as it could be. It's, it's great to see him every few months. So um, so he was in town. That was great. Let's see. It was a long weekend. Julie decided to work on Monday. She had to work because she had a lot of work to do, I guess, and so Oliver and I just hung out. He was feeling under the weather, so we didn't go do anything. I had harbored these grand plans to take him to the Met, but... Um, he wasn't feeling well, so we just hung around. Um, I did order new glasses. He came with me to Warby Parker. Um, I had a credit because they broke my old frames that I gave them, my old Warby Parker frames, and uh, they broke the frames while putting in the new lenses. So um, I got new frames comped, which I expected, but then they also comped the whole lenses and everything new. So I got, I guess, a free pair of glasses Uh which was nice. Um, so that was the big news of the long weekend. It was pretty uneventful. Um, oh, at the end of the day on Monday, I, I did go down and um, down to Bar Great Harry to meet Pete and um, Pete D'Angelo and our friend Dave Keedy. And I handed over some um, more blank tapes that I brought home from Cincinnati so that he could record some Jerry Garcia band shows for me. Um, I haven't given him my requests yet, but he sent me his list of what he has. He has hundreds of Jerry Garcia band tapes. And Jerry Garcia band is a lot more difficult to track down audio-wise than The Dead because for whatever legal reason, the Jerry Garcia band never allowed their shows to be as widely taped and um, sort of put out there like The Dead does. Everything The Dead does is on archive, multiple sources for every show, etc., uh, Jerry Band is not like that. You have to sort of trade on eTree and those other sites, which I haven't done in a long time, so I'm kind of out of practice with that. Um, so I actually listen to cassettes when I want to listen to the Jerry Garcia Band and some CDs. They put out um, a good number of live CDs, but uh, which they still do. But anyway, Dave's going to make me some tapes, which I'm very excited about. And the other big social news of the week was that we had our fifth anniversary Grateful Dead Night party at Threes on Wednesday, and it was fantastic. Um, Daryl Norson, uh, designer extraordinaire, made a beautiful poster, and we put it on a T-shirt. 
the posters we gave away, which we gave away all of them, and the T-shirts we sold for 25 bucks, and the proceeds all went to Esperanza, New York, which is a local charity that offers an alternative to incarceration for um, youth across the five boroughs, uh, meaning actual education and, and programs and, um, I don't know, rehab and these things, as opposed to just putting someone in jail, which does no one any good. Um, Bradley's wife is involved with that organization. So uh, we sold out of the shirts and so we raised money and it felt good and the shirts were beautiful and I think we're going to make them somewhat of a seasonal thing. We're going to make more shirts again in the future um, for charity, probably Esperanza again. And um, it was a great night and it had a good turnout of the regulars and some of the um, mildly regulars and it was really good, really good fun times. And um, Scott Scott and I put up one of the posters on the main beer tank that's sort of like at the end of the bar in threes, not in the back room, but out in the bar, there's one big tank. And um, I ran into Joel, uh, one of the brewers at threes last night, and he said, hey, we love the poster you left on the tank. And I was like, ah, great. <laughs> um, so yeah, and so yeah, with Julian Oliver way, I've had 40, well, I'll end up having something like 38 hours alone, um, but they only went for a quick trip to Chicago. But uh, last night after work, I stopped in at the High High Room on Smith Street, and I finally got to try their uh, much acclaimed Spaghetti Cincinnati, which is their version of essentially a Cincinnati three-way. It's really a four-way because it has onions, but it's spaghetti. They have duck chili is their sort of take on it. Um, and instead of like having mild shredded cheese sort of room temperature on it, it's it's melted inside. So it's a little different, um, but it was really good. And I had a Folksbeer Pilsner with it and I read my book and it was a great dinner. And then after that, just stopped in at Bar Great Harry as one does. Uh, my friend Greg was there. Um, Ariane was bartending and then after, oh, had a beautiful Suarez, which I'll talk about later in the beer portion. And um and then afterward, we went to Barely Disfigured, which is the cock, very nice cocktail bar in the old broth. <laughs> has that brothel feel. I don't know. It's it, but it's a cool cocktail bar, which I never really go to because um, cocktails are expensive, and I end up just wanting to drink beer. But we went in there, and um, Arion from Bar Great Harry, who'd got uh, gotten off his shift, was there, and I was gonna just order a beer because I was gonna have one beer and then go home. Um, and then he just looked at me and he said, "Dude, get a drink." And I was like, "Okay." So I got this drink called the Little Death, which is essentially like an old-fashioned type drink. And it's, it is, let's see, I wrote down the, the details. Hudson, um, Hudson something bourbon. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, St. It's got a, like a nice Amaro, uh, Little City Sweet Vermouth, um, these bitters. Anyway, it was a beautiful drink. And when they serve it, it's they do one of those things where like, they kind of fire smoke into the glass. And so when they turn the glass over, it's like all this smoke escapes. They pour in the drink. And while while you're drinking it for the first like two minutes, it's smoking and it smells and tastes incredible. And I really liked it. It's like, okay, once in a while, I guess I will drop $15 for a nice cocktail um, because it, it is such a beautiful creation and tastes great. Um, so that was the week. Um, it's kind of a regular week. Um, I'll move on to books now. So the big news this week is that um, my friend and coworker Kayla 
lent me her copy of Trick Mirror. You'll remember that um, I had been on the library queue forever uh, to get Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. And when my book came up, I was out of town. And then also our local Carroll Gardens library is under renovation and closed for six weeks. So it, I, I was out of town for most of the time it was here waiting for me. And then I couldn't get over there until the weekend because this local library was closed. And so I didn't get there in time. So I was like, ah, I lost my chance to read the book. But she lent me the book. I started the first chapter and it's really good. Um, but Thursday, which was the first evening I was alone, I went down uh, and walked to Books Are Magic in the evening. And a book caught my eye, as one does in bookstores, and it was on the staff recommendations list. And the cover was so compelling, and the title was so compelling, and the write-up was so compelling. It just basically said, the person who wrote it said, I've never read a book like this. It's you know, it's incredible meditation on solitude and everything. So it's called Log of the SS, the Mrs. Unguentine by Stanley Crawford. It's a novella. It's like 100 pages long. came out in 1972. I'd never heard of this book. Um, and I'm halfway through it. I'll probably finish it today. Um, but it's really funny. It's mildly magical realism because it's about a couple, uh, Unguentine and Mrs. Unguentine, and that's the only names you know of them. And they marry and spend their lives living on a barge, escaping civilization and just sailing the seas and growing vegetation on the barge. And, um, it's sort of they they go days without seeing each other, and so yeah, it's very much sort of a observation on on solitude, um, and very much an observation on marriage. Um, it and sometimes it's actually a very funny book, but I I think there's a lot. It, the author is saying a lot about solitude, about sort of the bond that comes with being alone with someone, or the bond that goes with spending an unusual decades long experience with someone which is which is marriage in many ways it's just like it's really it's an unusual experience and um marriage is and this book is just beautiful and i love it and it's so simple it's so simply written but um there's just so many beautiful poetic turns of phrases they're almost just i mean they're poetry almost like like there's like chapters will end and all of a sudden they're in this rhythm and they're in like this beautiful sort of meter that just seems logical and makes sense and it's gorgeous and it's it's really a work of art um so that book is great <laughs> uh, but it was just a thing where i looked at the book and i kept walking around the store and coming back to it and picking it up and it's just like i gotta i gotta buy this book um so that that's been like all i've been thinking about for the last Day and a half is is this book, the log log of the SS, the Mrs. Unguentine. Anyway, what else? Uh, move on to music. Um, well, I haven't talked about Walter Martin's new album, The World at Night, yet. Uh, came out like a few weeks ago. Um, it's 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 Walt's like I guess fourth solo record since leaving since the Walkman ended, and Walt started off with a Chris, with a children's album, and then like. Um, a couple of sort of grown-up albums, and um, and then this album, "The World at Night," which is, I think, by far his best. I would imagine you would agree. Uh, it's just so good. Um, "The World at Night," the title track is um, dedicated to. It's a song for um, Stuart Lupton, Walt's 
lifelong friend and former bandmate in um, Jonathan Fire Eater, who uh, committed suicide, um, I think it was, uh, like a, last year. Um, anyway, there's a song on this record called The Soldier, and it's a very typical Walt song. I mean, Walt is very much like Harry Nilsson or Randy Newman. Like, he's got a unique, friendly voice that sings, it's talky, sing songy. And he tells stories. And The Soldier is, uh, I, I almost don't, it's, it's a story, and I don't want to spoil it because it's so beautiful. Uh, I'll just say that it's, it's a true story, um, which he notes in the song. But, um, the Soldier by by Walter Martin is probably like my favorite song I've heard in, in many, many months, song of the year. And I mean, it literally made me cry listening to it for the first time. Um, so yeah, I can't recommend it enough. The Soldier by Walter Martin. Josh Kaufman produced this record, my friend Josh. Um, my old uh, Weirman, as we called it, our Bob Weir and, and the National and Day of the Dead band bandmate. And he was in... Um, Thieving Irons that I got to play with a few times, and Yellowbirds I got to play with a few times, and you know, just local producer extraordinaire. And um, Josh is actually going to be sitting in with us um, on Tuesday, this coming Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras. We are once again doing Gree Gree, the Dr. John record at Three's Brewing for Mardi Gras, and um, it'll be like me and Ray Rizzo and Annie Nero and that whole usual crew. Um, with some singers, I don't know who yet. I guess I'll find out at rehearsal on Monday. But Josh will be sitting in as well as he did the last last year, and I think he did the first year too. I can't remember. Last year we had Stuart Bogey on on clarinet. I'm not sure if he'll be back. But um, anyway, so that's coming up on Tuesday. Uh, our performance of Gree Gree. And what else did I listen to? I listened to this week to Miss Anthropocene, the new Grimes record, which I liked more than I expected to. It's absolutely not stuff I like. I usually listen to. Um, I didn't like the weird stuff, which surprised me as much as I like just the kind of pretty melodies. There's a song, I think it's the last song called I Dore You, I-D-O-R-U. And um, it's just really, really nice. So yeah, the Grimes, the Grimes record. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pearl Jam, my friend Josh at Styleman at Threes told, asked me to listen to the new Pearl Jam songs and tell me what he thought. And they're interesting. There's one that's called Super, what is it called? Super Wolf, Super Blood Wolf Moon. Pretty straight ahead rocker, but kind of very interesting guitar. But the song that I think is pretty unique is called Dance of the Clairvoyance, which is almost electronic. And I, I from what I understand, it's controversial in, in Pearl Jam land. But um, really liked it. It's so unusual and I thought they pulled it off very well. It's like a, a successful sort of left turn. Um, and what else? I don't think I mentioned last week that I listened to Million Lands. Did I mention Million Lands? Ben Lands and Kid Millions. Their new sort of like avant groove record um, is is uh, just been announced. There's one song out, I think, um, out on Ernest Jenning, um, my old label, and... I highly recommend it. Million Lands, L-A-N-D-S. Uh, let's see, other than that, podcast. I listen to the new Spotify Chuck Klosterman podcast, um, Music Exists. You know, it's like kind of controversial because it's The Ringer and Spotify bought The Ringer and it's like they have the exclusive on this podcast. You can't like listen to it anywhere else, apparently. Like you can't listen to it on Overcast, which I use, or Stitcher or any Apple Podcasts or any of those. Um, and it's good. It's like if you like a Chuck Klosterman podcast, Style, which I sometimes do, 
it's pretty good. I've listened to one episode. I'm in the middle of a, the second one, and I enjoy it. I go through phases of like wanting, like enjoying listening to Chuck Klosterman and reading his stuff, and other times being like, "All right, this is kind of really annoying." Um, but it's Chuck and this guy Chris Ryan, who's an editor at a at the Ringer, and I'm enjoying it so far. Let's see. I'm moving on to um to beer. I had some noteworthy beers this week. Uh, on Monday, I had a magnetic compass in a can from Grimm Artisanal Ales. It's an IPA, and everything Grimm makes is really um, uh, just very elegant. <laughs> um, and this is like a very elegant IPA. Um, had a Suarez River, which is a dark lager. Um, very good. Dark lagers are a thing right now, and I think that's totally cool. And um, also had domain number two, blend number two from 2018. It's a Suarez and it's in a bottle and it's a blend, which means they put in like several of their beers and with cherries and stuff and they let it sit in glass for a year and it is like exquisite. It's it's just like ambrosia, incredible, incredible beer that um my friend Greg had. And um, I mean... He was just like, this is one of the best beers in the world. And and Greg works at other half and drinks a lot of beer. So I I trust him in drinking it. I was just like, it's hard to disagree. It's just really incredible. Uh yeah, it's like ambrosia. It's like um sweet and fruity with just a wonderful aftertaste. So that was kind of the highlight of the week, beer-wise. I guess that's it. I'm gonna cut off um before. I have to like sort of do a second track on this mobile iOS GarageBand app, so which annoys me, and I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I got through everything, I guess. And Julie and Oliver should be somewhere over Ohio right now, and they'll be home soon. And then it'll be back to normalcy, and my my time alone will have come to an end. Uh, anyway, so reporting from my favorite chair by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, on Saturday. February 22nd, 2020. This has been the Conrad Life Report, episode 38. See you next time.